The Talking Point on SAFM. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Eight minutes after 11 o'clock, you are listening to the Wednesday edition of The Talking Point. It is Medical Wednesdays. Uh, that's what happens on The Talking Point on a Wednesday. We talk medicals after the ele- in the 11 o'clock hour. Today, we're speaking about something that ki- that's killing South Africans at a rapid rate. One in five South Africans die every single day from a heart disease. One in five South Africans every single day from a heart disease. That's 20% of deaths in South Africa are caused by heart disease. That's effectively what it means. Are we taking good enough care of our cardiovascular health, of our hearts? What are we doing wrong? Um, what should we start doing? Heart diseases are often described uh, as, as, as caused by lifestyle choices. What are the wrong lifestyle choices we make? Who is typically prone to be affected and die from heart disease? Is there a pattern? Um, all of these conversations coming up. If you are living with a heart condition, this might be a perfect opportunity for you to call in. Um, and, and, you know, it's effectively a free consultation. That's what you need to think of it. The number to dial is 86 And I'm taking your voice notes on the voice note line throughout the hour on 614 104107. Joining me for this conversation is Professor Pamela Naidu, who's the Chief Executive Officer of the Heart and Stroke Foundation. Uh, and I'm also joined by uh, Professor Dichana Naidu, who's an Emeritus Professor of Cardiology at the University of KZN. Um, he's effectively a cardiologist. Uh, that's what Professor Dichana Naidu is. Um, let's start maybe with uh, Professor Pamela Naidu. Uh, Prof. Pam. Why are so many South Africans dying from heart disease? Yes, a very good morning to you and a good morning to my very old friend and colleague, uh, Professor D.P. Naidu. It's wonderful to be here. So it is a sad fact indeed that there's so many South Africans dying from cardiovascular disease. And remember that when we talk about the CBD, it does include heart disease and strokes. So if you take those two conditions together, it, it does mean a large number of people are dying from these conditions. It's uh, it's complicated, but I think that perhaps in order for the listeners to get some good takeaway messages from this conversation, it may be to look at it like this, that essentially these are preventable conditions to an extent. 80% of this is, I don't like the term lifestyle, I would rather call it uh, perhaps unhealthy behavioral, uh, you know, factors where people uptake uh, poor behavioral decisions like tobacco smoking, unhealthy eating, and so on and so forth. Um, but then there's twenty percent to thirty percent of these conditions that also where people have familial histories. So if you are genetically predisposed um, to these conditions and their risk factors like hypertension, raised cholesterol, and so on and you lead a very unhealthy lifestyle, your your risk is going to be tripled or quadrupled. The problem also in an unequal country like South Africa, it's not just about the modifiable and unmodifiable risk factors. Some of this is due to 
structural inequalities, you know, so where people, we tell people you need to exercise, but they live in areas that are so unsafe, cities that are not really health friendly. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. these are policy changes that need to be addressed. So, you know, it's a complicated issue. And then lastly, before you go on to your next question, COVID-19 COVID unfortunately brought those numbers up again. In, in in what way? What's what's the relationship between COVID nineteen well, and heart disease? Yes, yes. So Professor DP Nida will talk a little bit more about the pathophysiology. But you see, when you have communicable diseases like COVID nineteen, HIV AIDS, tuberculosis colliding with communicable with non communicable like cardiovascular disease, it's going to obviously then exponentially increase the numbers. Unfortunately for COVID, it affected non-communicable diseases. So people yeah. with hypertension, yeah. people with obesity, people who smoke, people with heart disease and strokes were, were disproportionately affected. Yeah. Um, yeah. Professor uh, Dichana, maybe let me bring you in here. Um, let's let's start here before we get to the impact that COVID-19 has had on, on, on heart disease. But let's start here. I... How as a middle-aged South African, what decision should I make today and right now that will turn around my fortunes if I was heading towards a condition in my later years of heart disease? That's a very good question. And uh, firstly, thank you very much for inviting me to this uh, panel discussion, which I'm very pleased to participate in because we've done some research that addresses some of these issues. And um, the one that you chose was an excellent example, the middle-aged person, whether he is male or female. Um, what are his risks? And uh, to put it simply, at middle age, you probably already have risk factors yeah. operative for coronary artery disease. Almost all of us, because most of us, if not all, are living a very urbanized lifestyle. Yes. So we have risk factors. And uh, and um, how does it affect you? Well, if I just briefly just go through the risk factors quickly and make it very easy for the audience who are listening. There was a huge study that was done some years ago called the Interheart Study. And they looked at people who already had heart disease. And most of those people were just around middle age and slightly older. And what did they find in those middle aged people? They found that there were nine cardiovascular risk factors that were operative in all of them. In other words, it was not so much the genes. You can't say I am having a heart attack because my father had it or my mom had it. You know, it is more the risk factors or as we put it today the lifestyle i know uh, i know pamela doesn't like the word lifestyle let me change it to something else and i'm going to steal this word from the from professor chesler i don't know professor um yes in in johannesburg many years ago he said we shouldn't be talking about lifestyle we should be talking about death stuff 
because we are all actually living in a death style. Pamela, are you and happy with you. death style? <laughs> I, 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 I think it's a very powerful message. That yes, yes. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. I, I'm going to take the letters of the alphabet to make it very easy because people cannot remember this. Even patients with heart disease can't remember the risk factors. So I will make it easy by using the ABC of a healthy lifestyle. Mm. A, alcohol, moderation or none, right? B, body weight. Body weight should be kept to within normal limits. C, cigarette smoking and cholesterol. Cholesterol is where diet comes in. But cigarette smoking, absolute no-no. Not in this day and age. If you're living a sedentary lifestyle and you combine cigarette smoking to it and blood pressure, you already have got some damage to your coronary arteries. Huh. D, is di D is diabetes. Diabetes is true death style. Right? It is a lifestyle that you've led that's giving you the diabetes. And what now happens is that diabetes, excess sugar, contributes to damage to the coronary arteries in the heart. And that's how you get heart attacks. So those are the major risk factors, right? I'm going to come back to the uh, an even commoner one in a minute or in a few seconds. E is lack of exercise because we are all sitting next to our television today. And if, we, if we're not sitting next to the television, we are taking small steps around the office, walking with a cell phone to our ears. Mm. And none of that involves exercise. Mm. And we... In, we should be having at least 30 minutes of exercise most days of the week. If is, is there if sorry, yeah. yeah. No, go ahead. If I'll finish it quickly, F G N H, just so that the people listening can take this home. F is fruit and vegetables. We don't have it anymore. We should be having at least the the, the recommendation is five helpings during the day of fruit and vegetables. G and H, the genes, I told you, a small portion of your risk is coming from the genes. H, the most important one, is salt and hypertension, which damages the heart. If you can remember that, then you are, then you are on, and you can remember how to address them, which we can talk about. Yeah. Then we are addressing all the things about a, a healthy lifestyle. Uh, so I'll stop there and allow, and because I've said enough now, just yeah. for that. Mm, so as an if you're a 40-year-old South African, this is what I'm hearing from Professor Dichana. Uh, mm -hmm. Stop smoking. Uh, drink less wine. Um, exercise a little bit more. Maybe get those 10,000 steps in. Uh, use less salt. That takes the taste out of the food, but use less salt. Um, Don't add salt at the table. That's the rule. Don't add salt at the table. Whatever's never in the food add, should be shipped. Never add salt at the table. And the salt that's added in cooking is enough. Yeah. And five servings of fruits and vegetables throughout the day. If you do that today, you're turning around your fortunes of dying yes. from or living with heart disease. Um, and so, sorry, yes, Prof? And keeping a lid on your body weight. Yes. Uh, so... Let's speak to body weight um, because that is semi-controversial. Um, how how do you know if 
you're overweight. A lot of people use the BMI scale, right? Uh, but the BMI index seems to be not one suited for African body types, for instance. Um, okay, we, that's that's a very good point. And uh, what uh, the firstly, the BMI is uh, is a fair indicator of whether you are overweight or not. And a normal BMI for most people is a BMI under 25. And the way you measure it is your body weight divided once by your heart, by your height, and again by your height. So weight over your height, over your height again, gives you your BMI. And it should be well under 25. Okay. If it's over 25, you're overweight. But an even simpler thing to do is what you do every day. In other words, you put your pants on uh, or you put your skirt on if you're a woman or even your jeans. Automatically, you are taking a measure of your weight, of your waist. Mm. Your waist measurement is a key to the weight that you are carrying and the risky weight because the risky weight is around the waist. Ah, the, more okay. you have, the more you have around your waist, the higher your risk of heart disease. Yeah. Right. So the waist measurement, I'm going to give you the readings now. The weight readings that we used previously was 102.88. In other words, 102 centimeters for men and 88 for women. But we know now that that applies only to Caucasians, that is westernized and European populations. Yeah. In our population here, and particularly in South Asians, and wait for this, 90 centimeters for men and 80 centimeters for women. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of yeah. doing these measurements in my head right now. <laughs> I already 90 did my... Centi 90 centimeters. Everybody knows their waist measurement. Yeah. And if you're over 80, if you're a woman and you are over 80 centimeters, you are, your waist measurement is increased. If you are South Asian yeah. origin. If you're not South Asian, then you can go to 94. Yeah. Right? Okay. 90, 94, but women still remains around 80. These are some interesting uh, stats about our bodies, our body types. These are vital relationships. Yeah. These are such important vital statistics. Yeah. Everybody should know some vital statistics about themselves. And I'm not talking about 34, 24, and 36. Mm. You know, the women's vital statistics. I'm talking about these here. Mm. Number one, your blood pressure. You must know your blood pressure. Number two, your pulse rate. And it's so easy. You measure your pulse rate over a minute. Mm. And your pulse rate should be under 75 beats a minute. Is in that the at normal rest? Person. At rest. Yeah. It must be well under 75. See? Yeah. And if your resting pulse rate is over 75, then you need to go and have a checkup and see what's going on. Or start exercising, perhaps. Yes. Exercise is yeah. one way. Is most is the cheapest and the healthiest way to bring your pulse rate down to healthy levels. Give us a call. The Next number time. is 086-000-2032. You can also send us a WhatsApp voice note line on the voice note line on 0614-104-107. We'll have a listen at some of your voice notes on the other side of the short break. 57 is the number of South Africans that have been murdered every day. Inspired by the death of Smusiso Kwinana, the lead actor of the film Matoetwe. 
S3 brings you 57, a two-part documentary, broadcast 14 and 21 September at 9 p.m., only on S3. Golf lovers, did you know that the University of Venda is celebrating 40 years of its existence this year, 2022? Come and join Univens Vice-Chancellor and Principal Dr. Bennett Ntambeleni when celebrating the 40th anniversary at the Vice-Chancellor's Golf Day. October the 21st at Hans Mirensky Golf Course Palabora and time for registration is 7.30am. Tea of time, 9 o'clock. Format, 4 Ball Alliance. Entry fee is 5,200 rand and payment due date is on the 15th of October. For more info, please contact Dr. Takalani Zaga on 082-745-3090 or 064-828-9251 or email takalani.zaga at univen.ac.za Ever wondered how our daily choices impact water that results in climate change? Blue Gold is a water documentary series that dives deep into the stories of ordinary people who put water at the focus of their everyday activity. From activists, scientists, farmers to fishermen, we explore where our water is running out and how to adapt to a new world. Catch Blue Gold on SABC2 every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Brought to you by SABC Education. Enriching minds, enriching lives. Oliver Dixon on SAFM. It is World Health Day, uh, World Heart Day, and we're talking about heart disease and heart conditions. Um, what are some of the changes you can make today to improve your heart disease, your heart condition if you are prone to or likely to end up living with a heart condition? One in five South Africans die every day from a heart disease. Shocking statistic. Um, Dr. Pamela, when, we're prof- Pam, when we started the conversation, you spoke about some of the policy deficits that may exist that causes these uh, stats of one in five South Africans dying every day from heart disease. What are some of the, uh, you know, uh, Professor Dichana spoke to us about the individual choices we can make as individuals. But as a community, as a collective, as a country, as a institution, what are some of the uh, policy decisions we can make at a higher level that will turn around this picture? Yes, thank you so much. I think Prof. Uh, Deepin and I do made some very good points there. But, you know, it is it is more complex because, as you rightly say, it's so multi-pronged that um, it really you can't just simply rely on the individual to change the whole scenario. So, uh, particularly at the Heart and Stroke Foundation South Africa, we do take a public health approach. And if you use the guidance of, say, the World Health Organization and other very important organizations like the United Nations, for example, where we talk about the um, SDG goals, you know, uh, SDG 3.4 talks about overall health and well-being. So countries are obliged to find means and ways, whether they're rich countries, middle, low and middle income countries, they have to find different uh, pillars that will contribute to better health. So if you take cardiovascular disease specifically, um, let's just take one little example that was talked about just now, like obesity. So, you know, it it is a problem because of the transitional lifestyle, people moving from rural areas to urban areas, cheaper food, and so on and so forth. So it is about an individual choice. However, um, obesity can also be a medical condition. So I think we, the first and foremost is to be aware that you can't just be too hard on yourself. You need to get to your doctor, 
make sure that what you assume is a problem is indeed uh, an individual problem or you know a medical problem is it your behavior or is it uh, something deeper from a medical point of view so that's the one thing another layer that if you take obesity again as a case example Oh, uh, what we've done is we worked with consortiums of people. You know, civil society has is a very strong voice. So we've learned a lot of lessons from HIV and AIDS, for example. The Treatment Action Campaign was one. You know, they were one of the key organizations or yeah. groupings that got the treatment for HIV, generic medicines, which it was too expensive to get from farmers that were not prepared to sell the proper drugs to us. Now, if you take policy level issues around cardiovascular health, if you look at the sugar sweetened beverage tax, that is a consortium of us, including South African uh, NCDs Alliance, the medical doctors, uh, civil society groups, and so on and so forth. We pushed for the sugar sweetened beverage tax. Yeah. So that's yeah. one good way of trying to control. We've got the tobacco sin tax. We've got. Um, the salt reduction uh, legislation, which the, our foundation is very, very strongly aligned to, and we do a lot of work in this. Um, moreover, it's not just about those types of treasury uh, you know, issues where you can tax people. It is also, and Dr. Na Prof. Naidu, uh, DP Naidu will be able to bear me out on this. He's been a, a service to the higher uh, level institutions and to our people in KwaZulu-Natal for decades. And we know, I mean, I've also, I'm originally a KZN uh, person and, you know, still know I'm very deeply involved in the province. Uh, I know from those very many years ago, 30, 40, 50 years ago, um, we had challenges pri prior to the democracy, but now we seem to be going in another cycle of, of uh, you know, discrimination, if you like, yeah. because people yeah. don't have access to care. So we're now obliged as a country to provide equal and affordable health care to our people out there. Yeah. And so access yeah. to medicines, access to essential meds, these are all policy issues that need to be addressed. And I do think that if you can take the individual level factors, community-based factors, and the policy level issues, then I think we're going to make some difference in health outcomes. Give us a call, 086-000-2032. We're taking your WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. On the other side of this, we continue the conversation. It's half past 11. Time for your news headlines updates with Mposi Tole. Uh, I just want to put advice here, man. Uh, anonymous. I uh, just want to find out this too. Losing weight uh, in a more drastic uh, uh, measurement, whereby you lose almost at least 10 kg within one month if your training is at peak level. Is this not going to maybe have any side effects? Because when I'm doing my training, if it is going to be perfect, then I'm losing 10 kg so that people are then will be talking. But although I'm improving each day with the strength after having actually engaged on such an exercise, will you advise me on that one? May God bless you. Hallelujah. Hi, this is Daniel Joshua Challen. I've just got one question. Sometimes I feel like the heartbeat, I can feel it outside my chest. 
is that palpitation and what causes palpitation and uh, how can you overcome that and is it dangerous and what effect it has on you? Prof. Dichana, why is Daniel feeling his chest, his heart beats outside of his chest? Okay, um, there are two questions. So let's address Mr. Chellen's question first. Uh, Mr. Chellen, there are many reasons for you feeling the heartbeat. Remember, you can feel your heartbeat in your chest under normal circumstances if you exercise. If you exercise and you stop exercising or even while exercising, after a while, when your heart rate goes up to beyond 120 beats a minute, you will feel your heart thumping against your chest. That's normal. Yeah. Subsides when you when you stop exercising and disappears. If you feel it at rest, then it is not normal. And again, it may be due to several reasons. One of the commonest reasons is actually not heart disease; it's anxiety. So, if you address the anxiety, the cause of the anxiety, then the palpitation subsides. So, what is palpitation? Palpitation is an increased awareness of your heartbeat. That means you are aware of the thumping or you may be aware that it's beating very fast. You see, both are not normal and there must be an explanation for them. Once you've got the explanation and you've addressed it, then it should go away. So if you treat the anxiety as a common cause of palpitations, it will disappear. Treat the anxiety. There are heart conditions that give rise to palpitations, right? And one of, the, one of them is an abnormal heartbeat. Either it's beating too fast or it's beating irregularly. If that is the situation, then you need to see a doctor who will take an ECG and address whether there is an abnormality in your heartbeat, in the rhythm yeah. and the rate. On does that answer your question? I, I think it does. On the second question, does rapid weight loss signal, is, is, it, is it healthy? Okay. Now, that's a more difficult question to answer because, um, because it depends how the weight loss was achieved. Right? It is very difficult to actually achieve rapid weight loss unless you go on a crash diet and crash diets are not generally recommended right the best way to lose weight is to lose weight slowly and consistently over a period of time and if you do that and you maintain your lifestyle change as you go on losing that weight if you maintain it then you will keep that weight down mm. If you crash diet and lose that weight by going on a, uh, on a severe diet restriction of calories, which is what is commonly done, then the moment you, uh, the moment you reduce your crash diet, you'll suddenly put up the weight again. That is the risk. So mm -hmm. my advice to the caller is yes, by all means, go for weight reduction. It is healthy. You will feel better. But in order to maintain it, do it slowly. Be patient. You put on. You didn't put on this weight over one month. You didn't put it on over one year. Neither did you even put it on over two or three years. 
if you are very overweight, you put it on over a period of 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Now, why do you want to bring that down in one month? It's in, it's, it, is, it is not normal to do that. Do it slowly. See the results as it's happening. Be happy with it and make sure you've got a cons consistent, steady weight loss. The healthiest way to lose weight. Right? And the best way, cut down on the calories. I am not a weight reduction fundi who, who advocates special <laughs> diets. But the rule it's of thumb is simple, right? Way to reduce, it's a very simple way to reduce weight. Yeah. Number one, reduce the amount you're eating, particularly the calories. Right? And have a balanced diet, but reduce the amounts. Reduce the caloric content. Yeah. Mainly the carbohydrates. Professor Dichana, thank you so much for your time. Professor Pam Naidu, thank you so much for your time. Really, really do appreciate your incredible insights. And I hope we win the fight against heart disease. Thank you so much. Well, wonderful to be on this panel. Before I, before, are we ringing off now? Yes, sir. Before we ring off, can I leave you with one word? Please do. In Germany... Uh, I was in Germany many years ago when I was doing my research on uh, heart disease. And uh, there I came across a term that they used to describe people with multiple risk factors for, for uh, heart disease. And the term that they use is obidia, O-B-H-Y-D-I-A. And it's simple. They are targeting Hobidia because in Germany it's a serious problem, right? Because the Germans have a very sweet tooth. Right? What is Obidia? Obidia is a combination of obesity, HY is hypertension, and DIA is diabetes. If you can address all those three and get down to your target levels, I said those should be your vital statistics. Know your blood pressure. Know your waist measurement and know your cholesterol. Yeah, and your blood and your blood sugar. If you can target those three or four things, you are well on the way to a healthy lifestyle. Professor Tichana, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you.